Hello, everybody. Today is the day. Welcome back for week five of the Love is series. I can't believe that we're just already this far in. I hope that you've got your book in front of you and that you are going through this process with me. I'm so excited to be learning all of this with a fresh lens, a fresh perspective, because I've said this probably in every episode, but I'm always amazed by how much I learn every single time that I go through the study. It's amazing, but like God's word is alive and active. And so it's just amazing to see how he brings new things to light every single time. So yeah, I just love it. I hope you're enjoying it just as much as I am. This week, we are talking about being rude. Real quick, before we dive in, be sure to take a screenshot of this episode, share it, tag me, let me know you were here. I love seeing who's listening. And then let's dive in. This week, we are talking about being rude. And right off the bat, you know, this one just gives me the ick, okay? <laughs> you know when people are just rude? I, oh, it just rubs me the wrong way, you know? And I... <sighs> You know, I'm looking forward to digging into this one and just seeing what we find. So let's begin, shall we? Okay, so what does it mean to be rude? Our good friend Google says that to be rude means to act offensively impolite or ill-mannered. And then the original text in scripture uses a term that means to behave in a way that is unseemly or unbecoming, which similarly means to act in a way that is not appropriate or suited to one's appearance, status, character, etc. So when I was reading that last part, it just stopped me in my tracks because these definitions are not talking about just being nice. And we touched on this a little bit in the kindness episode. It's more than just being nice. There's a level of intention here when it comes to loving well that is required for us to actually love the way that God loves, the way that we are designed to. And so I just, I, I loved that last part because it just really put it in a new light for me. So let me read it again, and then I'll just break down kind of my thought process here. So the last bit of that original context in scripture, it means to act in a way that's not appropriate or suited to one's appearance, status, character. Now, the underlying root of this to me is that idea of behaving in a way that does not line up with who you really are. And I have never thought about it this way, but... And this is crazy too. One of the definitions I saw when I was researching in Blue Letter Bible was that in the Greek actually means to be deformed. And this is being rude that we're talking about. So this is crazy to me. But let's just, okay, let's just do a little sidebar here really quick. Talk about behavior because if you've been here for a while, you've heard me talk about mindset quite a bit, but this one just, oh, okay. So we're talking about behaving in a way that is not lined up with who we truly are, right? So let's just recap really quick on the mindset train, this progression that we all go through on a regular basis. We're constantly and often subconsciously going through this flow that starts in our thoughts. Then our thoughts influence our feelings, desires, words, actions, behaviors. So thinking about behaviors, I found this really interesting article on scienceofpeople.com, and this is what it said. There are many root causes for rudeness, such as insecurity or fear. People are often rude after being on the receiving end of rudeness. Researchers have found that just like the common cold, common negative behaviors can be spread easily and have significant consequences. In other words, rude is contagious, end quote. And in my words, hurt people hurt people. 
This is just, again, a great example of a negative progression. And like they said, it's like contagious consequences of behavior that is not suited. Like it's not the way that we were designed. So most people are projecting rude behaviors because of their own hurts, their own issues, their own insecurities and fear. And it comes out in their words, their actions, and their behaviors that are rude. I also thought it was a great point that the common root causes of rudeness being insecurity and fear, like that is just going back to the thought process. If someone has thoughts of insecurity, inferiority, fear, needing to prove themselves, kind of like we talked about last week with the pride thing, how is that going to influence somebody's feelings? How would it impact their desires? How would it come out in their words, their actions? You know, think about that. And I'm, I was just trying to process through this when I was researching and I was like, man, this makes so much sense. And it's really not a pretty picture or a healthy pattern. And I think rude behavior is often just a manifestation of people's frustrations, stress, pain, things that they are just not processing in a healthy way. So what does this all have to do with love? Well, for starters, let's just level the field right now and acknowledge that we all have our moments. We've all acted unbecomingly. And if you find yourself really struggling with this and have a hard time being kind to people, I just want to challenge you to get really honest with yourself and see if there's maybe something going on beneath the surface that you need to process, release, heal from, let go. Because the fact is we can't love others well if we are wounded. Okay. And again, this is not about being perfect. I'm not, please hear me as we're going through this series. I don't want you to hear me say, this is how we love people. If you can't do this, you're not a good Christian. You know, this is just this is just a discussion. Like I just wanted us to take a look at what God's heart really is, not only in how we should love others, but in the way that he loves us. Because honestly, when I go through this study, one thing that I'm shocked by again and again is that this is the way God loves me, which is wild because I do not deserve that. I am a very messy, imperfect, flawed, broken person, and I have my stuff just like the next girl. But the fact that God loves me and chooses me anyway, it just blows my mind. It like, it like almost brings me to tears every time I realize that because this is our God. And I don't know if you needed to hear that today, but like, this is how he loves you. This is how he loves you. He he loves you so perfectly in spite of every mess that you've ever made, every mistake, everything that you're struggling with, like nothing will ever change that. Nothing will ever make him love you more or less than he does right at this moment. And I, I just love that so much. So come back to this with me about this whole idea of being wounded because we can't love others well if we're wounded. So it's not about being perfect because we never will we never will be on the side of heaven, but we're called to live in the freedom that Jesus died for. So what does this look like? One of my pastors recently was talking about this difference between a scar and a wound. And I thought this was such a great illustration because a scar is what's left behind after a wound has been healed, right? You can touch it. It, it doesn't hurt. We carry it with us. It's a reminder of the pain, but it's not raw. It doesn't sting to the touch. It's just there. On the other hand, a wound is still 
open. It's still very much raw in the process of healing. It, it hasn't healed yet. It's raw. It's sore. It might be leaking out some gross stuff, okay, if it's not dealt with. You know what I mean? So do you have an open wound? Now, go with me here. I just want us to have a moment of self-reflection because when I was processing through all of this and getting ready for this episode, I just had to take a moment and get really real with myself because I was like, oh my goodness, what areas of my life, what undealt with pain, unprocessed, unhealed junk in me am I projecting onto others, maybe even unintentionally, but it's getting in the way of my ability to really love others well and operate in the calling and the purpose that God has for my life. So that's just... Just take a second. I just want to encourage you to get really honest. Do you have some pain in your life that needs healing? If so, I would start there. Because if we will not be able to love effectively, if we're still leaking out our own pain, sorry for the gross illustration, <laughs> but it's just like the plane analogy, okay? We've all heard it. You cannot help others until you've put on your own oxygen mask. Like, what good are you going to be to a broken and hurting world? If you're still broken and hurting, again, it's not about being perfect, but it's about bringing your stuff to Jesus. He wants it all. Like he, he's not waiting for you to be perfect before you come to him. He's like, bring me the junk. I'm the healer. I know exactly what to do to make you well. Let him, let him deal with the wounds in your heart and your mind and your life. And, and then you can move forward. And a lot of the times I feel like, especially as women, I was just having this conversation with my small group last night, this idea that so many of us grow up in homes or environments where we're told not to feel, especially boys. This is so huge. Like we're told to just suppress the emotions, get through it, you know, like suck it up, be a man, don't cry, like be a big girl, you know? And then we're adults who don't know how to function and don't know how to feel our emotions or process them in a healthy, productive manner. And it's just stunted me so much in my own life. Maybe it has for you too, but there is a healthy way to deal with emotions. And there is a way that we can do it with God because let us not forget, God is an emotional being. We're created in his image. And we have emotions that was part of our divine design from God to feel. I think feelings are a gift. I think feelings are indicators of when we are operating in a way that is not in line with our truest self. You know, like we talked about in the beginning, this kind of behavior is just out of line with who we really are. And these are things that I feel like people don't necessarily even realize that they're doing. A lot of the time, it's probably just subconscious thought patterns that are coming out in the way that we speak and the way that we interact with others. But we can be free from that. And it can be as simple as taking your thoughts captive. And we hear that all the time. What does that practically look like? I had a mentor one time explain it to me this way. She said, if there was a scorpion in the room right now, what would you do about it? Now, first of all, I would not do anything. I would probably call Christopher and get the heck out. But for the sake of this illustration, let's, let's consider that maybe you're in a room alone with a scorpion and it needs to be dealt with. Okay, so go with me. Um, because the, the thing is, you probably wouldn't pick it up and try to figure out like, how did you get in here? And what is the danger of you being here? Like, let me just analyze real quick, like, look at your little stinger thing and see, okay, if you stay in here, 
what could happen to me? Or like, you know, he, it, the scorpion's not really doing anything right now, but if it gets too close, I may need to deal with it. No, no, I would not be doing that. I would be getting a little box. I mean, theoretically, this would be Chris for doing it. But if I had no other choice, I would be getting that scorpion the heck out. No way. I'm not dealing with that. I don't have time to even think about. I don't care how it got in here. I just want it out. And so my mentor was using this illustration to kind of do a parallel between our thought lives. So much of the conversation about thoughts right now and mindset is talking about like, let's analyze and let's get to the root issues, which there is a time and place that is good. But I'm saying for the most part, what it takes what it looks like to take your thoughts captive is just to catch them and get them out. Okay. That is what it looks like. You do not have to sit there and figure out like, well, I don't know, like let, what, let's figure out like what's going on with me. Like I just need to self-diagnose basically. We do not have to do that with God. The thing is, if we just catch those thoughts right away and the Bible says, take your thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ get your thoughts, catch them, get a little catcher and take it right to Jesus and just say, I don't want this. I surrender it to you, Lord. Show me your truth. Make it obedient to you. Get me back in line with who I really am. And he, this is a beautiful thing. Okay. We don't have to fix ourselves on our own. Like there's nowhere in the Bible where it says, figure out all your problems and then come up with a game plan and then just figure it out. Like, if you can find that verse, please tell me because I've tried to and I've tried to work that way and it just doesn't, <laughs> it's not good. Okay. That's not the way that God wants us to operate because he loves us and he's so gracious and it's a partnership, right? And so he wants us to capture our thoughts and take them to him. He wants us to capture our pain and surrender it to him. And this is the beauty. He takes it all. And then when, when we're ready, like he knows us so well, he will tell us, he will reveal the steps that we need to take. He will reveal areas. He will reveal root issues, you know, whether it's through reading his word, whether it's by seeing a counselor or talking to a friend or a mentor, he has a way like a design for our healing. That is so perfect. It's so good that we don't have to do it by ourselves. And and I just want to say, if you are doing it on your own, if you're trying to do it on your own right now, you don't have to, you don't have to. So I feel like we're kind of on a rabbit trail, but hang on here. Let's, let's just get back. The reason I bring that up is because we've got to deal with our pain so that we can love others. Well, now, if you're on the other side of this and you find it difficult to love rude people, same, <laughs> I think that we all can say it's probably not super easy to love people who are unpleasant, unkind, and honestly, just people that are hurting. I get it. Trust me. I've been there. I've been on both sides of this so many times. I've been the one that's not loving people well, and I've been the person that is not very lovable. But at the end of the day, we are called to love even our enemies, which is mind blowing, right? But I think a big part of learning to love better is learning to see people past their pain. We all have stuff we're working through. We all have pains. We all have struggles, but they don't define us, right? So we should not let that define other people either. It's easy to see a rude person and just be like, oh my gosh, what a jerk. <laughs> like, ugh. But you just have no idea what people are going through, right? Like we never know the whole story. And I just want to challenge you because going back to that thought process, most people's behavior 
I'd say like 99.9% of the time, the behavior is a reflection of what's going on in their heart, their words, their actions. It's a reflection of what they believe about themselves, their life. And if that's a negative thing, they've probably got some wounds. They've probably got some pain. They're probably carrying something that's coming out in their behavior, in their words, in their actions. Okay. So if there's someone in your life that's hard to love, maybe consider that they have a leaky wound (laughs) or that they just don't know how to heal. I'd suggest praying for them or just being with them in the process. And again, I'm not saying that you need to take on their pain. I'm not saying that you even need to go and discuss this with them. But if it's somebody that's in your life that you want to have a relationship with, I would really just recommend being patient with them. Like that's what love is, right? It's being with people right in the middle of the process before they're perfect, before we have it all figured out. Like that's what I would want somebody to do for me. I know it's a hard thing that I'm asking you to do. I'm asking myself to do it too. I'm challenging myself in this as well because I've been the unlovable person in the relationship. And I can honestly tell you that the only way I've made it through those seasons of my life was because I had people who are willing to stay with me while my wounds were still healing. So what? let's wrap this up. We're talking about being rude, but what does it mean to love people without being rude? I think it means dealing with our stuff. And I think when we're on the other side and we have people in our lives that are hard to love, I think it means being willing to be the one who will stay, being willing to be the one who can look beyond their pain, look beyond their imperfections, because we've all got them. And just commit to being in the process with people. That's what Jesus did. And he did it so well. We've got the perfect example of that. So this week, I just want to challenge you. Find healing in Jesus. If you've got pain, bring it to him. Start the healing journey today. You can. It's available. And then if you are on the other side and you have people in your life who are hard to love, that are rude maybe, just, just pray. I would say start with prayer. And then be willing to just be in the process. Meet them where they're at. And trust that God will will show us how to love them well. This is what it's all about, right? It's not always easy, but it's what we're called to do. And it is the best thing we can do with our lives is to love people well. So I know that was kind of all over the place today, but that's what I've got for you. Don't be rude. (laughs) Love others well. Be willing to be the ones that will stay and see people beyond their pain. Love you guys so much. I will see you next week for week six. We're almost halfway through. This is so wild. I hope you're enjoying this study. I can't wait to see you again next time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember I am cheering you on.